of the sky. Look. It's a bird. It's a plane. It's Matt Spectro through the multiverse. Another exciting episode of Matt Spectro through the multiverse. I'm your host, Matt Spectro, as always. Lifetime comic fan, lifetime animation fan, lifetime comic book fan, if I hadn't said that already. And this is the podcast exclusively about animation springing from the world of comic books. Thank you for joining us and uh, welcome to episode 58. Before we get into it, I. Uh, First, I want to apologize to anybody who listens regularly. I've been a little sporadic with my episodes lately. It's a few things out of my hands. I do apologize. We're going to try and keep it consistent going forward. Uh, sometimes when you have a guest every week, sometimes things don't always work your way. But hopefully, going forward, we won't have any more problems. I appreciate everyone's patience, and I appreciate everybody who tunes in every week. Let me briefly explain the rules before we get into this week's topic. Number one, comic book animation. I said that. I don't have to say any more. Rule number two, big fan of the old team-up comic books, Marvel team-up, Brave and the Bold, DC Comics Presents. So this is a team-up podcast every week. It's me and a special guest talking comic book animation. And third and most important, we got to have fun. Without further ado, I'm going to bring out my guest. This is his first time ever joining us in the multiverse. Welcome to the show, Jimmy Malonis. Hello. How are you, pal? Good. It's a... Good to hear from you. Uh, you've been on my old podcast, but this is your first time on my new podcast. Yeah, I don't have Brian here to steal my thunder this time. <laughs> Flying solo. He was dragging you down previously. <laughs> had to worry. He was uh, he was uh, under contract, so I had to watch my bad mouth. Anyone who doesn't know, uh, our, our show's He-Man expert, the Kingpin Brian Malonis, Jimmy Malonis, is the brother of one Brian Malone. So it's a family affair here in the multiverse. So normally when I bring someone on who's not as much of a comic fan, I try and uh, go back and find comic book animation from their childhood. So with you, we are going to be talking Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Give us a little backstory of what the turtles meant to you in your childhood. Uh, everything. Everything I see of pictures from me from the time I'm like one or two years old till. I, I never grew out of it. I've always been a big fan. Um, one year, Shredder stole my bike when I was a kid. <laughs> I think it was like my third or fourth birthday party, and all my gifts were like Ninja Turtles, my cake was Turtles, and uh, I got a turtle bike, and Shredder had stole it. So I was very, I was a very upset toddler. Now, not everybody does this, but were you a collector of uh, the uh, the toys as well as the cartoon? Yeah, I, I remember having like everything. I know I didn't have the blimp, but I recently purchased the new one that they came out. So I feel better. I feel better about that. And then we always have to ask the Technodrome. Did you have the Technodrome? Yes. Yes, I did. I recently saw that at toy convention and uh, it ain't cheap these days. So uh, <laughs> I hope you held on to it. No. Uh, so we, we actually had, I had gotten out of like the, those toys because Power Rangers was like the new hot thing. And a family had had a fire and my mother actually asked me if I'd be willing to give those to that family. And I was oh. going to, because I had moved on to Power Rangers. So I'm sure I was, I was not a generous, generosity. I was probably bribed with uh, Power Ranger toys. I was a brat as a kid. <laughs> well, I mean, 
if you uh, grew up with the Turtles and you say, you know, still a fan, they've had a, quite a lot of different series and films over the years. Uh, a lot of people say they've never uh, replicated the magic of the original cartoon. Would you agree with that? Yeah, absolutely. There, it's nothing's been close. And so there's gonna, been some really bad ones too. Uh, the only ones I've seen is I've seen the, I've seen the newer one that's kind of CGI animation that, um, they did a crossover with the original Turtles. I don't know the name of that one. I think that's the only other series I've seen. Oh yeah, there was like a live action series that had a girl ninja turtle. It was really bad. Oh yeah. <laughs> Like a lot of those Fox, when it's on Fox Kids there, when they had that cartoon Saturday thing, a lot of those were really terrible. And then the movie, it was like kind of treated like the fourth movie now. And then it was like a CGI. It was a cartoon one or a CGI one. It was pretty terrible. Oh, yeah. That was in the early 2000s, wasn't it? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I think I've seen that. Uh, we've done a previous Turtles episode way, way back towards the beginning of my podcast. Uh, so uh, we're going to be doing the same cartoon but a different episode so we're going to get into a little background on the turtles but not as much as we did in the previous episode as everyone knows the turtles were created by uh, kevin eastman and peter laird laird i should say back in 1984 and i don't know if you know this or not but they are uh they're from new england new hampshire mirage studios right is uh i think in is it windham or uh, one of those like small towns at one point they were they were producing out of i believe dover new hampshire yeah um I think they might have moved it around at, at one point. Yeah, the comic book debuted back in 1984. A little bit, uh, I wouldn't say a little. There's a lot of differences between the original comic and the cartoon. The uh, comic was a little less kid-friendly, a little bit more violent. Yeah, I'm there, I'm, I know a little bit about it from the uh, toys that made us and stuff that like that. And I've seen like the comic book figure, like with the figures they've made with the toys, whether like the black like the white and black like shade with the all the red bandanas or the uh, red eye gimmicks. They didn't have a lot of money, but they produced the first comic. They get they used their tax refunds and uh one of them got a loan from their uncle to uh produce the original comics who started to take off. The cartoon was developed around uh they started developing in around nineteen eighty seven and uh well actually I'm sorry, nineteen eighty six is when they started developing it. And uh it was developed by David Wise and uh, Patty Howith. Uh, it was a uh, toy animation with Murakami Wolf Swenson. Now, uh, one of the conditions was the, that they wanted a toy line first, but with the recent success you know, of G.I. Joe, Transformers, He-Man, they didn't think any toy line would sell without a cartoon, so they uh, actually rushed production of the cartoon to try and get it out there to be simultaneous with the toys. And finally, in 1987, we developed Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. A couple of fun facts. Uh, they changed the original four. I don't know if you know, they didn't have the different colored bandanas. Uh, they all had the same. They all looked a lot more similar in the comic than the cartoon. It was the cartoon that developed the yellow, the purple, the blue, and the red colored bandanas. Obviously, the violence had to be toned down. That's why I think they went into the more the, the pizza surfing uh, direction. As always, I got to ask, who's your favorite turtle? Michelangelo. And I don't know if you know this, and, uh, and when they released this in uh, London, well, I should say all of England, they had to change it to Teenage Mutant Hero Turtles. Apparently, you can't say ninja on uh, British television. 
Yeah, I think we're over here. We look at that term very like different than they do uh, more in the West. And uh, Playmate Toys were the uh, toy line, which was extremely successful. Uh, they were doing toys in the show and the toys. They went all the way to 1996. So depending on how old you were, you might have been like a teenager or an adult by the time this cartoon ended. And Chuck Lorre, who created Two and a Half Man and the Big Bang Theory, he actually wrote the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles theme song. All right, so we are going to December 17th, 1987, Hot Rodding Teenagers from Dimension X. You picked this episode. What is about this one that stuck out in your mind? Uh, just the, it was, I loved the flying car and how cool the, the neutrinos were. Um, and then, like, it's the development of the turtle van. This is the first time you see the turtle van. They use, like, a van. They bring it up to Baxter's laboratory, and they turn it into the turtle van. And then it's kind of like the final. I think it's the final episode before Crane gets his body. So it's a, it's a, big, it's a big turning point in the first season. Yeah, some fun facts. Uh, the first appearance of the van. I believe this is the first appearance of the Techno Rover. I believe this is the first episode where the turtles actually found out that Krang existed like they didn't know about him up to this point in the cartoon i think it was michelangelo had saw him but they didn't believe him because they michelangelo's like the little brother and who tells tall tales so they didn't believe him and then they actually go back to that and go oh wait you said you saw a brain in the uh, technodrome now this episode is written by david wise and uh patty howwith it's directed by fred wolf and uh vincent dovers I had not seen this episode before. I, at least, well, if I did, I don't remember watching it. One of the things that uh, it was, I'm sorry, it was actually directed by uh, Yoshikatsu Kasai. One thing that I uh, noticed was uh, this came up a criticism of this episode a lot. Apparently, a lot of people at the time were critical of Michelangelo being attracted to the female neutrino. I believe her name is Kala. Uh, but... A lot of people pointed out that they're actually, people forget they are teenage mutant ninja turtles. So they're actually underage themselves. So I don't know why people didn't put two and two together there. <laughs> now we're going to go over some of the voice work. Uh, Leonardo, he's a Cam Clark, does his voice. He also does the voice of Rocksteady. And he was actually the voice of, uh, he went on to do the voice of He-Man in the uh, 2002 He-Man and the Masters of the Universe series. Donatello, a, uh, Barry Gordon did his voice. He also does the voice of uh, Bebop. He's a character actor as well as voice actor. He'd appeared in everything from Three's Company to Curb Your Enthusiasm, and he actually does the voice of Captain Marvel Jr. on the Kids Superpower Hour with Shazam. Now, um, here's a fun fact. The guy who did Raphael, Rob Paulson's his name, in the 2012 version, he switched over to do Donatello. Don't you find that odd that it, they wouldn't just keep him as the same turtle? And it's strange, too, when you watch that and you hear Donatello talking. It's, it's distinctive. It's like, oh, wait, I know that voice. <laughs> yeah, I don't know what was the deal with that. Maybe it was up on him. Maybe he just said, hey, uh, yeah, I already did uh, Raphael. I want to do Donatello <laughs> this time. Uh, Michelangelo, yeah, Townsend Coleman does the voice. He was actually the voice of the Tick on the Tick cartoon. April O'Neil, voiced by Renee Jacobs. Uh, she's a female uh, voice actress. She's done a lot of things, everything from the Punky Brewster cartoon uh, to My Little Pony. 
Splinter, and I forgot to mention this, in this version, if I remember correctly, Splinter isn't actually a rat. Isn't he a human that accidentally was transformed into a rat? Yeah, they're trying to get the, uh, that's why they're trying to chase down like the ooze of this one. It's to turn Splinter back into into a person. Which is a, a variation. Uh, how do you feel sometimes, uh, this came up on the previous Turtles episode, <laughs> how sometimes Splinter all of a sudden has these ninja powers that were never mentioned before when it's convenient to the particular episode that we're watching. Yeah, where he just is not a crippled old man. <laughs> yep. Or like the episode we watch where suddenly he's got like a Jedi mind trick all of a sudden. <laughs> uh, he's voiced by uh, Peter Renaday, who uh, kind of his biggest claim to fame, if you go to Disney World, he's the voice of Abe Lincoln at the Hall of Presidents. Uh, he's also a voice uh, of uh, Henry on the, the Country Bear Jamboree. And finally, the Shredder himself voiced by the late James Avery. Everyone knows as the late, great Uncle Phil from the Fresh Prince of Bel-Air. Also Hulk Hogan in Hulk Hogan's Rock and Wrestling. Really? Okay, that I wasn't aware of. I know <laughs> yeah. he, he goes on to the voice of War Machine. He did voice a Hulk Hogan? I swore that was Brad Garrett who did that voice, but... Uh, yeah, no, I think it was like, I think it was, he was Hogan for like the first couple seasons, uh, like the first like season or something. You could be right because... Uh, Halfway through the Turtles, I think he stops doing the voice of Shredder. And uh, he was the voice of War Machine on the Iron Man cartoon, and he only did it for like the first couple of episodes there as well. So Probably got casted as Uncle Phil right around this time. <laughs> that could be. His schedule was too busy. Well, there you have the voice actors, uh, the main players. So now we are going to watch the one, the only, hot-rotting teenagers from Dimension X. Don't go anywhere. We'll be right back. Catch four turtles five days a week. Primo concept, bud. Michelangelo, Leonardo, Donatello, and Raphael. The Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. The good guys who always wear green. Catch the new adventures of America's heroes in a half shell five days a week. Cowabunga! Today at 3.30 on Channel 11. Get out of the way, bad dudes! It's the Turtles Party Wagon. The wacky attack band means good times for the green guys and hard knocks for the foot, especially with the tenderizer. Yeah, and it's a big hit everywhere we go. And look, here comes the turtle cycle with its working handlebar slingshot and armored sidecar. It'll drive Shredder crazy. Yeah, let's step on it. Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Vehicles and figures each sold separately from Playmates. Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles Rock and Roll! And only Pizza Hut has their great new cassette with 10 bodacious Ninja Turtle tunes. Get a cassette for your kids for just $3.99. Hey, act fast and get a most excellent autograph poster. An official tour book absolutely free. But hurry, because this is one rock and roll deal that's too awesome to miss. Meanwhile... At the Podcast of Justice. We now return to Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles.
And we are back. And hopefully you just watched Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Hot rotting teenagers from Dimension X. Before we get into anything, I mean, come on. Theme song. Come on. That's got to take you back. That was my like my first ever cell phone up until probably like a couple years ago. That was my ringtone. Such a great song. And uh, you know what I always... Uh, the only thing about the show that always irritated me was that that weird bumper they would do when uh, they'd come back from a commercial and they would do like, we now return to Teenage Mutant. <laughs> <laughs> why, why do they do that? That one, I'm not sure. So this opens there with April O'Neil and they're in the van. And apparently something happened with Baxter and the Mousers because that gets referenced a lot at the beginning of this episode. And, uh, yeah, the previous episode, the mouser, it was the mousers taking over the city. So they're going to go to Baxter's office and try and get some uh, footage to build a tracking device where uh, they have to uh, push the, the turtle van up the stairs. So that part was so ridiculous watching that. I like how they built the staircase big enough to, for a full van to be, <laughs> be pushed up. They even asked why they didn't take the elevator. And he says, uh, it doesn't fit in the elevator. <laughs> They're going to build a tracking device for the Technodrome. They're going to take all of Baxter's old equipment, add it to the van, and they're going to go ahead and take care of it. And they always wonder why uh, why it's them and them alone that has to fight the Shredder. Why are they the only ones facing up to the forces of evil? And uh, I believe it's Leonardo who says that that's all they're qualified for. <laughs> now we switch to the the Technodrome, which is under the city. I've always been confused by the size of the Technodrome. It seems rather large, but yet they can dig and travel throughout New York City underneath like no problem. They're under the World Trade Center in this episode. Yeah, they call it the World, I think the Global Trade Center for some reason. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's like, how I, I wouldn't think Manhattan Island, you could dig that far down. <laughs> Krang is yelling at the Shredder that uh, he hasn't gotten him the new body. Shredder says he's working a lot on new technology, uh, creating some new mutants that'll be better than these two losers, referring to Rocksteady and Bebop. And uh, they say if you give them another chance, you're going to see a couple of squished turtles. Now, then they start talking about Dimension X. Now, maybe your memory's better than mine. Had it been established Krang was from Dimension X at this point? Yeah, he talks about it. Like that's where they're bringing their technology over, and he—that's what he's sharing with Shredder, and how he needs to get back there. Okay, because uh, he's very uh, worried. He says that uh, he doesn't think it's such a good idea to be dragging, opening that portal, and because uh, Shredder wants to get technology and some of the Stone Warriors from Dimension X, and Krang doesn't think that's such a good idea. Um, who is the boss really? Because Krang and Shredder really seem to uh, yell at each other a lot. He seems to belittle Shredder in a lot of this episode. Yeah, it's like the whole theme of the first season is those two struggling for power to see who is is in charge. So we go back to the Turtles. Uh, they've updated the van. It's great. It's got the turtle shell roof. Everything, all the vehicles are in there. Uh, one of them comments, the only thing they got left out is a pizza oven. <laughs> now they can drive down the stairs. They don't have to push it. So that's a lot better. April O'Neil completely petrified now, though. She was okay with being pushed up it, you know, <laughs> but you driving out of there? No. I, I believe Donatello said they had gravity on their side. <laughs> and they do kind of floor it right out of the, right down the stairs, out the door. 
Like nothing even happened. I think they even like knocked a fire hydrant when they got out of it. <laughs> so then we switched to the shredder who was uh, working in on opening this portal. And then boom, who should come out of the portal, but the hot rotting teens. Now, if you haven't seen it, they're in flying convertibles. Look like cars, maybe from the fifties. I, I don't know how you would describe. <laughs> Do you think you could put into words uh, so a visual picture of what the, uh, the teenage hot rodders from dimension X look like? Um, very similar actually to like the, like the gang members at the beginnings of the, uh, thing when they get Bebop and Rocksteady from one of them actually has very similar hair to, uh, Bebop. That's true. Um, they immediately get followed by some of the stone warriors who are in a, a flying car as well, but Rocksteady and Bebop for some reason blow that car up <laughs> and let the, the hot rodding teenagers escape. It's a powerful uh, hot rod. <laughs> it certainly is. And they start a little shootout while you see that outside of the Technodrome, you see that the hot rodders have escaped. And then you switch to the turtles where you do realize, indeed, they have, they've tracked the Technodrome to the Global Trade Center. I have no idea why they changed the name, but maybe it's some kind of copyright thing. And the Shredder, uh, he steps out. He, he wants to get this taken care of. Uh, talks to the stone man to help him that they're all on the same page go after the hot riders uh right when the turtles are going to go in the subway the hot riders come flying out of the subway and uh the turtles go and chase them at that point uh lord krang hooks up with the stone man and uh, they're appalled because they don't know what happened to his body so i'm assuming he was the brain in a bigger body or did he have a robot body in dimension x that I'm actually not sure. I I was actually thinking that too, and I'm sure it happened in later episodes. I just I got to like there's certain seasons I get to, and I I have no recollection of them. <laughs> the Shredder asks about them, and he says the neutrinos uh can't have them running on Earth. They're a gang of juvenile delinquents. They stand against everything the Shredder and Krang stand for. Apparently, everybody's in a in a war, a perpetual war in Dimension X that these youngsters hate. And they actually encourage people to have fun, which apparently uh, Krang does not like fun. <laughs> we get a shot of the neutrinos who are driving around the city where you get typical where people try and like, write dialogue from people from the future. Um, they say how uh, this is an unhap primitive society, and he bets they don't even have gyro burgers. And that they've never heard of Astro, I think they said Astro Pinball, is that what it sounded like to yeah, you? Yeah, Astro Pinball. They talk like they're out of like the 50s. Yes, they they really do, and they kind of have like greaser, almost like exaggerated greaser hairdo, similar to like a Johnny Bravo almost. Yeah, uh, they Just go to futuristic outfits. <laughs> and flying convertibles. They go over in uh, Stone Man, uh, they get the Techno Rover. Which, yeah, I'm pretty sure this is the first uh, um, appearance of it, which is, you know, as usual, just an excuse to sell more toys. But did they, I assume they must have made the flying cars as well. I don't ever, I remember the neutrinos having figures, but I don't remember the cars. Just seems like that would be like a, a no-brainer. But The turtles have tried to hijack the cars. They're flying around. They're trying to shake them. Uh, at one point, they're scraping Donatello against the side of a building. He talks about how his shell's getting damaged. They finally take over the cars and get them landed, almost crashing one of them. And then to fix Donatello's shell, you guessed it, they use turtle wax. 
Then came one of my, probably my favorite line of the episodes is when, I can't remember which turtle says it. I think it was Leonardo says, uh, Shredder must be desperate to send geeks like you after us. <laughs> Mine is the, is the next one, though, when he talks about these guys are cool. <laughs> we're cool we're cool daddy we're friends <laughs> yes <laughs> so they figure out they're all on the same side and they go to the clown time pizza where they're playing uh pinball in uh arcade games they even said that how happy they were because they thought this was a planet of squares now come on <laughs> in that in 1987 was anyone still using the term square <laughs> They say, because where they're from in Dimension X, no one wants to have fun. All the grownups just want to have fight and war. It's only the kids that are trying to have fun there. Then, all of a sudden, the Stone Warriors attack, and they ask them if they have weapons on those flying cars, and he says that they are required by law in Dimension X. So there's a big vehicle fight they're chasing around. Uh, Leonardo can almost never use his sword, so they actually come up with a great way where he can use his swords, and he takes out the Techno Rover with one of them, which uh, they, it's got to be hard to write that character when he's got two swords and he can't stab anyone. I mean, they have to come up with reasons for him to use them. Yeah, that and the same thing with the Psy for, um, for Raphael. Like there's, yeah, I think he usually blocks stuff with it or he'd throw it and like, clog a gun. Yeah. So... Um, they got to consult Splinter on how they're going to deal with the whole Dimension X thing and whatnot. And at the same time, you see the uh, Stone Warriors have what's called a uh, weather satellite, which is a little round device, kind of looks like a thermal detonator from Return of the Jedi. And they're going to tear down the city as they turn it to the setting of total chaos. We don't know what that means exactly, but they, they make it clear it's going to tear down the city. Now, I don't know. Did they at that point think they were going back to Dimension X? Wouldn't they get uh, torn down as well? Yeah, that's. They don't really. Uh, they weren't planning ahead. They jump into a car, which I thought was a hilarious scene where they're getting mad because they can't activate the hyperdrive on the car. <laughs> it's like a box truck. They have a little shootout with the cops, but the bullets bounce right off them and they just escape. That's when uh, they find out that. Uh, the turtles are talking and they think that uh, they mentioned someone had seen a, a brain like creature in Krang and that's mu- must be shredder splinter deduces. That's must be where he's been getting all his tech from. Now the next thing I thought was bizarre. Maybe this happened all the time and I don't remember it. They all have like an elevator from the sewer that goes into a phone booth. Yeah, they did use it. They use that. They use that quite a bit. That's sometimes they come out of that with the the disguises on the noses and the jackets and hats. Oh, those, those terrible disguises where they yeah. <laughs> they look like deformed <laughs> humans. Yeah, and they come out and uh, they comment how it's uh, snowing in June, and then giant ice blocks are falling from the sky as well. So they weren't uh, kidding with that total chaos. That's definitely what's going on. Now, the next thing I thought was a little weird, they they find the Technodrome, but the turtles, like, they drive through a tunnel in the van. So, apparently, there's a big tunnel, big enough for the turtles' van to drive underground and find where the Technodrome is at. I mean, it was able to make it up a flight of stairs. Yeah, well, that, <laughs> I guess <laughs> you got, got a point there. There's a, there's just a lot of wide openings in, it in New York. Uh, there's a big fight scene uh, with the foot, Rocksteady and Bebop, with the the hot rodding uh, 
teenagers are trying to get to Krang, but he's got a force field. Donatello manages to figure out how to open up that portal, but they can't get the Stone Man into it, which is <laughs> another kind of odd scene where uh, Donatello's like, hey, that barrel over there, it's got silicon lubricant in it. Use it to slide them into the, <laughs> the portal. Like, I, I, why was a, a a barrel of silicon lubricant just hanging out there? <laughs> but they managed to use it, and the, the Stone Warriors slip right on it, go right in through the portal back to Dimension X. Donatello says the Neutrions, they've got to, uh, they've got to hurry because it's not going to stay open. But they say they want to stay, especially, uh, what's her name, uh, Kala? Is that her name? Yeah, Kala, Zach, and I forget the third one. She wants to stay. She doesn't want to go back. But, uh... They realize that he can't hold it forever. They got to go back. And she says, uh, goodbye, crazy turtles. I'm going to miss you. How dramatic they made that character so great. <laughs> why? I would never, I wouldn't understand why the turtles didn't let them stay. That was my I, biggest thing. I, I don't understand why they forced them to go back to this horrible place. Didn't they say something to the effect of, uh, they got to go back for everybody else to, to have fun. Maybe I'm remembering it wrong. But uh, Michelangelo says goodbye, and he's even got a little bit. He looks choked up, like he's almost got a tear in his eye. Like there is definitely, in the brief period, he felt the connection. They got to stop the shredder. But did you notice that one of the the hot rods, they the turtles kept it? Yes, they did. They drove away <laughs> in it. They swiped one of their cars. Yeah, they sl- <laughs> swiped one of their cars. And uh, they have to go take care of that satellite. So they use it to fly up to it. And then they found another great way for Leonardo to use his swords. He jumps out and slices that satellite right in half, stopping this uh, weather event that was really going to tear down the city. They've saved the day. We go back to Shredder. He's very upset. He says he wants uh, them to be uh, turtle soup. And he's going to do whatever it takes to build Krang that new body so we can take care of those turtles forever. So the ramifications of this are uh, are pretty high up. And then we go to April reading a bedtime story to the turtles. And she's actually reading the story of the tortoise and the hare. And uh, I think Donatello says how much he loves that story. And for some reason, though, Leonardo is the only one who's not sleeping. And he says it might be solved today, but tomorrow... They are going to find the Shredder, and they are going to finish this. And there you have it. Hot-rotting teenagers from Dimension X that take you back, or had you seen that recently? Yeah, no, I, I, I watched it a couple times. I've been trying to – I've been getting a little, my little guy into uh, the Turtles. So I'm big on season one, I feel like, is that they knock it out of the park with every episode. The first season feels like more of a – like a, a story arc where it seems like a lot more of the episodes kind of connect to each other. Yeah. And then afterwards it's, it's very much like just one shredder. It's very much like a Seinfeld, but with a crazy event, these bad guys doing this crazy event and nothing ties together. <laughs> yeah. Cause like the first season has the whole origin of the turtles, them, them meeting April O'Neil, the, the bit with the mousers, which leads into the building of the, uh, um, the turtle van, it's the, where Shredder makes Rocksteady and Bebop who they are. The alliance of Krang and Shredder, the, the pl- subplot of building his body. A lot going into and, uh, and how Splinter is his, his enemy and he has to get revenge. 
So a lot was going on in this first season of team. Maybe they thought they, they might not have a second season, so they got to cram everything into the first one. Yeah, I think that's what it was. I don't think there's any plan for a second season. I think it was very much, which I think they did it with all of these toy cartoons. They only planned it for this one special because they didn't think TV were going to pick it up, and it's a hit. It's like if you have a hit toy and a, and a hit show, like, of course they're going to want more. And they certainly did. I don't you were really young, so it might be hard for you to remember, but uh I don't remember seeing any of these on TV. I had like the cool VHS tapes, like um they're doing a lot of the NECA toys from yep. the cartoons in. I had a lot of I had all like I had a lot of tapes. That's how I saw these because it started in eighty seven. I wasn't born until eighty nine. It's immensely popular in the nineties. Not only the cartoon, but the toy line was extremely popular as well as uh i believe it was 1990 the first live action teenage mutant ninja turtle movie yep it's i think to this day it's still the highest grossing independent film you could be right it was either that or 1989 and uh i've been meaning to rewind mean, the first two are so good i haven't uh rewatched any of them i saw the the two recent ones which were to me were garbage I thought the second one was okay. It was much better. The first one was terrible. I, I hated that they were like, I don't understand why they're so gigantic. Yeah. <laughs> why they're like, yeah, they're like nine feet tall. And- yeah. Like, and I, they, with the movie of that, they should have gone and gotten the voices for the actual, the actual actors from the cartoon and the, or weird, the original movie or the weird bit with the shredder. Like, where he's is he that 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 American guy or what what was yeah. the deal with that exactly? Yeah, the was shredder the, was the was the was the American guy. Um, I forget the guy's who it is, but he always plays like a a bad guy. Yeah, he was like the the bank teller in the opening scene of Dark Knight, and uh, yeah, uh, I think he was in Armageddon. But uh, but we're getting sidetracked. We're talking uh, the, the original Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, which uh, stands up pretty well. I think. I mean, it's kind of when you look at it, it's kind of a it kind of takes you back to that error, you know, it's uh, very much like that, but at the same time, pretty solid. Yeah. I mean, they ran this, they've ran this cartoon. It was 10 seasons long and they ran it with the same cast. They didn't have to change all these things. They added different side characters in, but they didn't change how they looked. They literally have gone through like four or five different styles of Ninja Turtles since Nickelodeon's bottom. This one still, everybody relates to as the best cartoon. Well, also the proof is that that recent CGI version they did the crossover where they brought uh, they brought the original group back to face the new version of the turtles. I did make me laugh how uh, they kept saying the that the new turtles were getting annoyed because they kept saying turtle power every five minutes. <laughs> yeah, I did. I did watch that because I because I, now they even have another new adaptation on Nickelodeon. Like the turtles are like really weird looking, and it's supposed to be before these events. Like this is like. They're chick kids, but I don't understand why they got smaller ass kids into a into as they got into teenage years. So we're gonna go to the spectrometer right now. Anyone new to the show, spectrometer is where we rank what we saw. Zero spectros being absolute crap. Four spectros being perfection. Jimmy Malonis, what are you gonna rank? Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Hot rotting teenagers from Dimension X. Uh, I will go with a three. 
So no, because it's not my it's it's one of my favorites, but you know, rewatching it, there's definitely episodes that uh that are surpassed. And I think I think the Krang body one is probably my favorite. I'm gonna go uh three as well. It's not perfect, but I think it stands the test of time. It holds up pretty well. I found it entertaining. Uh uh, a lot going on in the episode, but it was enjoyable. I liked it. I think the animation's fine. I, I don't look back, and I don't think there's a, a lot wrong with it. I'm going to say three. I think it's good. Yeah, it wasn't one of the episodes where you have, like, the you'll hear Leonardo's voice, but it's Donatello talking. I mean, the last time I talked Turtles, I think the episode, we did the Cowabunga Shredhead episode, which I enjoyed more than this, but that's, like, more of a... <laughs> A completely goofy episode is a as well not that this isn't goofy but <laughs> that one was played more for laughs than this episode was what did you think out there did you uh like it more than jimmy and me did you like it less that's okay if you did i always want to hear from you that's half the point of having people guests on the show getting different opinions if you want to give me my opinion you can go to my uh twitter i'm at matt spectro you can tell me what you thought and you can go to my facebook page matt spectro for the multiverse and uh, tell me what you thought there as well. Give me a follow and a like if you could at, while you're there as well. Jimmy, we also ask every year, every year, every week, if a child in 2022 comes across Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles hot-rodding teenagers from Dimension X, what do you think? They're going to like it? I think so. Absolutely. I think this card, I think this cartoon, I think the He-Man, like these ones that were made for these toys and stuff like that, I think they all hold up to today's world where people like them. My uh, my own children are probably way too young to even understand what's going on. I would think some of the older kids, maybe, you know, in the like 8 to 11 range, probably would like it too. Plus, because they also have the familiarity because, I mean, forget, uh, has there ever been a time where there's not some animated version of Turtles on television? Uh, a very, very like brief time. If they're not replaying old Turtles, there's always some new version being played. So I'm going to say yes. I think kid... Most kids in 2022 would like Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, hot riding teenagers from Dimension X. And I got to say, it's quite a mouthful of an episode to say. <laughs> but like I said, what did you think? Share with us. Go to my Facebook page. Go to my Twitter. Tell me what you thought. We always want to hear from you. I want to thank you all for listening. If you could uh, smash the subscribe button on my podcast, that'd be great. Share it. I'd appreciate it as well. And like I said before, I do apologize uh, about the sporadic episodes of the last month. Going to hopefully get that back on track and uh, have no uh, issues. And while you're on my social media, if you have any suggestions for episodes, let me know as well. Jimmy, I want to thank you for joining us this week. Oh, no problem. Thank you for having me on. I hope you'll come back again. Yeah, definitely. So there's plenty of Ninja Turtles. <laughs> Maybe next time we'll do one of the more uh, modern uh, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle cartoons. Yeah, see, honestly, I've, I've I've kept I kept up with it over the years, even out through like teenagers. I wouldn't have told anybody, but I would, I'd still watch it. <laughs> uh, well, as always, I also have a free plug time. I don't know what's going. I haven't talked to you in a while, so I don't know what's going on. If you have anything to plug, now would be the time. No, I'm done with all that stuff. <laughs> I'm an old man now. Just living the life, wife and kids, keeping it low profile. Yep. <laughs> I, I every once in a while I venture out and go to a show with Brian. All right. Well, it's about going to wrap it up this week. Like I said, I want to thank you for joining us. I want to thank Jimmy for joining us. And as always, have a great week and follow us again next week for another exciting episode of Matt Spectro through the multiverse.
see you.